This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Honey. Hey, remember Google Stadia? Oh, yeah. Well, most people don't because the program and platform was doomed from the start. Much like with other Google projects throughout the company's history, it promised the world, then delivered very little, and consumers were justifiably wary of spending money on the platform knowing that Stadia's parent company could lose interest in the project at any moment, causing their entire game library to become unusable. And while we're still not at the point where Google's just taking everything offline, the platform has suffered another in a long line of crushing blows as insiders confirm that the company is now deprioritizing the platform and pivoting the project to become something else entirely. Something that hopefully makes them money, I guess. So, I mean, there goes my Stadia controller up in the top of my closet next to the Virtual Boy, the Power Glove, the Xbox Connect, and Snapchat Spectacles. Also, by the way, this is the second time in a year that Stadia has been killed. Wow. I don't know how many... Who could have foreseen Google, a company uh, notorious over the last 20 years for uh, starting and abandoning projects? Who could have seen them doing the exact same thing to this latest project? Well, at least with the majority of those projects, they didn't cost anything. Yeah, this one, uh, they, it was like they seemed pretty serious about it. They had a whole big uh, keynote speech. It's like, okay. They're doing it. Google's getting into gaming, folks. They're yeah. buying studios. They are, yeah. They're going to be making their own games. Get ready. Or get left in the dust. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's be honest. There were plenty of reasons why Google Stadia was doomed from the beginning. Uh, the marketing behind it was truly baffling. I mean, the, so the tech and the content streaming aspects of it were noble and great to develop. But there's just no way that it would have gotten a foothold in the industry because it was aimed at such a specific type of person. Someone who loves video games but doesn't own a console <laughs> or gaming computer but does have Wi-Fi that's fast enough to stream a video game over their Chromecast that is playable with minimal amounts of input lag. Hey, gamers, are you looking for a way to play those games? Gamers are all about no. min-maxing. <laughs> and if you max out your uh, home inter internet uh, speeds and min everything related to gaming, this is the product for you. Yeah. So yeah, surprise, in a lot of cases... Uh, the Chromecast didn't even do all that well on ultra-fast connections, especially while playing games that have competitive multiplayer modes where uh, milliseconds are... they matter. Yes, they do. There was also the fact that the controller-slash-Chromecast combo wasn't exactly cheap. Then there were the game delays, which were frequent and demoralizing. It seemed like every big title that was promised a Stadia release had some issue that pushed the release back to the point where no one cared anymore. This, by the way, should be coupled with the fact that nearly every worthwhile game had already been successfully released on every other platform. Like, they were putting out games, and games were being delayed on Stadia that had already been out on Steam for years. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah. But the real reason that Stadia never had a chance? Well, these idiots were charging full retail price for games. There's your problem. Yeah. Oh, sure, there was a rotating list of free games if you were paying a monthly fee for the premium version of the service, but in a lot of cases, Stadia was charging upwards of $50 and $60 for games that had already been widely available on other platforms for months, if not years in some cases. But they were charging full price for these games when they were available for steep discounts on those other platforms. Yeah, there was multiple times where people were just like, this is $59.99 on Stadia, and you can go on Steam right now and buy it for $15. Oh, look at this guy with his own computer for playing <laughs> games on it. Well, some of us... <laughs> Some of us don't have those. Some of us have a giant TV, a Chromecast, and a, a dream, fiber optic internet, and a dream. Mm -hmm. 
But and we want to pay full price for those games. And uh, yeah, like we said, this is not the first time that Google has taken Stadia out behind the barn with the the rifle and the tear in its eye. Yeah. Almost a year ago to the day, Google shut down their internal game development and publishing department. They bought up a bunch of studios only to shut them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they opted to just become another storefront and platform for other companies to utilize if they chose to do so, which, <laughs> shockingly, a lot of them just didn't want to do that. Yeah, this so, is, we're having to put extra effort in to develop for a platform that it, it really seems like no one is using. If I start porting this game now, in six months when it's done, is Stadia even going to still exist? I don't know. I guess you're going to have to find out. All right, well, uh, I'm just not going to do that then. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is all without even taking into consideration the fact that companies with pre-established user bases were able to very casually start offering similar and, in a lot of ways, better versions of online game streaming. We talk about it all the time, but Xbox Game Pass. But also, uh, NVIDIA GeForce has a whole thing. Yeah. It's happening, folks. You don't need Google to do it. But let's get to the point here. The latest news out of the Google graveyard is that the Stadia project has been deprioritized entirely and that the tech behind the project is just going to become a white label program for publishers who want to make content that is interactive and streamable with zero connection or even acknowledgement that Stadia is in any way involved. So it's literally just like a company's like, oh, well, we want to put this game out on, uh, make it available for browsers. But we don't want to, we don't want people to think we're involved in Stadia. At yeah. All. So can we just use the tech? Hmm. Sure. So the Stadia team's up on the roof with Big Head. <laughs> yeah. They're getting paid. Uh-huh. Uh, here's Business Insider with more on Google's attempts to salvage something from this experiment. The company has shifted the focus of its Stadia division largely to securing white-label deals with partners that include Peloton, <laughs> Oops, Capcom, and Bungie, according to people familiar with the plans. Google is trying to salvage the underlying technology, which is capable of broadcasting high-definition games over the cloud with low latency, shopping the technology to partners under a new name, Google Stream. Oh, that's classic Google. (laughs) That's what this needs, a name change. Yeah. The Stadia consumer platform, meanwhile, has been deprioritized within Google, insiders said, with a reduced interest in negotiating blockbuster third-party titles. The focus of leadership is now on securing business deals for Stream, Google Stream, that is, people involved in those conversations said. The changes demonstrate a strategic shift in how Google, which has invested heavily in cloud services, sees its gaming ambitions. Uh, They don't see them anymore. They're like, oops. Also, I think it's absolutely hilarious that the biggest brands that they're banking on so far for Google Stream is Peloton, a company that is basically ruined. They've had a, a pretty wild couple of months. I don't know why we haven't covered it, but uh, Peloton, I mean, they so their their treadmill killed a child. Mm-hmm. That was that was a bad, that happened last year, I think, but that was pretty bad. They had to recall. They, you know, they've been the bike company for a long time. They're like, hey, we got a, Pel- uh, uh, we got a, a treadmill. And then immediately it killed someone. So mm-hmm. whoops, they got to recall all those. And then in 2022, in just the span of a month, two different television shows featured characters dying. Or at least yeah. having heart attacks while riding Peloton. Well, the funny part Uh-oh. about the funny part about that too was that uh, initially they they got hurt really bad because they came out and announced that like, hey, we've kind of reached like max capacity with who's buying this yeah, shit. There's no more so we're growth. not gonna we're not gonna make new bikes anymore. Like we're yeah. not gonna manufacture uh, new bikes like the way we've been doing. So immediately everyone in the business community is like, well, this place is fucking doomed. Mm-hmm. And then the next like that was announced on like a Friday. Like, as an end-of-the-day kind of, like, 
Hey, hope hope no one sees the fact that we're stopping production of these bikes. That would be bad. And then like Sunday night on that Millions show, yeah, it was Billions, like, yeah, Billions. Uh, then someone fucking dies on their bike, and it was like a completely like unapproved like integration yeah, of their the bike. Same with the Sex in the City one. That yeah. one was uh, especially uh, just unfortunate for them because uh, so Mr. Big Christopher Noth, spoiler, he dies on a fucking Peloton on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Peloton's like, oh fuck, what do we do? What do we do? We do the the Ryan Reynolds thing. We get Chris Noth on a commercial that are, that'll air like tomorrow. We uh, see I'm we alive fast and fine. It. And they go ahead and they do all that, and then like like right before the ad's supposed to air, it's like, oh, Chris Noth has been credibly accused by multiple women of some oh, real like shit. scumbag yeah. shit. Holy so they're fuck. like, all right, well we can't use any of that shit. Uh, wow. But we already announced that we were gonna do it, so now we have to apologize for the thing that no one's even seen yet that we were going to do. So yeah, they uh that the company has it's it been a just catastrophic fall for that company. Yeah. Now it's like the rumor is that like uh Nike is in the market for just buying them out. Yeah, they might uh, as well. There's a couple others like Amazon or whatever, I'm sure but the founders will get uh, a great payday. There was never going to there was always going to be a pretty big wall when it comes to putting $2000 electric bicycles in every home. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to yeah. hit a growth wall. But it, that, that, getting back to Google Stadia, like their big announcement of like, don't worry, like we're working with companies for white labeling this software. And those companies are Peloton, a company that is uh, doomed right now currently, and Bungie, a company that was just bought out by yeah. Sony and probably wants nothing to fucking do with Google. Yeah, uh, things have changed, so... <laughs> So, yeah, they gave example of how the white label use of Stadia's tech has worked so far, citing that deal with Peloton, which brought interactive games to its biking software, and an example where AT&T used the Stadia software to allow customers to stream the game Batman Arkham Knight directly from their web browser. While Google's branding was nowhere to be seen, AT&T confirmed that the game was running on the Stadia technology. So there you go. It's just like, hey, AT&T customers, we got a game for you. You can play it on your browser, which is awesome. Yeah, and cool. yeah, go for it. But there's no mention of it being like yeah. running on Stadia or anything like that. Interesting. Uh, they also cited the tech being used to allow consumers to demo games from other publishers directly in their browsers with no actual downloads needed, which is interesting. Like that's yeah. a good use case for it. If you're watching a trailer for a game on YouTube and it says, "Do you want to demo this game?" Click it, and you can actually play the game. That's useful, but also nowhere near the ambitions that they had initially for this actual platform. Game demos should come back, though. That yeah. used to be a thing. Every game had a demo, and now, now not so much. Well, there's no disk drives anymore. Yeah. Can't go down to the local Winn-Dixie or Food Lion or Piggly Wiggly and pick up a gaming magazine and get a disk full of demos. You can't. And so. uh, luckily, some very some top men are keeping track of all those demo disks Yeah. and uh, even pulling them out from time to time to see what's on them. Now everyone just abuses the Steam two-hour window. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, like we said, it, that the, the last thing, the demoing thing, That's is actually fine. useful. Far less ambitious. Than, <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is. It's an extremely far cry from what the company had envisioned yeah. for this platform. So uh, look, at least they're getting some use out of it. But it is just a another just horrifically doomed project out of the gaming space. Yeah, that everyone saw. Like everyone was just like, "What the fuck? Who wants this?" If you love video games, especially enough to pay $60 for each game, like you already have a console. And yeah. the the like superior way to play it was the Chromecast with the controller, which ended up coming out to like 170 bucks anyway, which is 
I mean, it's uh, it's cheaper than a console, but you know. Yeah. Well. Anyways, R.I.P. Uh, years, I guess three years later, and uh, Xbox is going to be only streaming too. But at least they have the catalog to back it up and yeah. offer a decent service for a decent price. So, R.I.P. Bozo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, while we're on the topic of gaming, we should probably point out that it was recently double confirmed that Grand Theft Auto Six will someday exist. Are you surprised? I mean, they're making another entry in one of the most successful game yeah. franchises to ever exist. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, honestly, Rockstar needs whatever good press they can get at this point. Uh, so we do have to give them credit for pulling up Bethesda and just acknowledging that they are, in fact, actually developing the most anticipated title of any, that any of their fans could possibly ask for. They're like, yeah, remember all the bad press we just got for the definitive edition? Um, guess what? We're making GTA 6. Yeah. Woo! So making that announcement, everyone claps like seals while also providing no additional information or target release date or year. It's great. We're yeah. making it. See you whenever. You'll buy it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's like, uh, recently there were reports, I don't know how accurate this is, but there were reports that Bethesda has not even be, like begun actual development on Elder Scrolls 6, which they debuted or announced like four years ago now. Well, development could mean anything. They could be like writing the plot on a napkin. But it's still funny. It's like yeah. four years later, it's like, oh yeah. Hmm. Let's probably start working on that. We'll get around to it. But uh, here's here's uh, Rockstar's statement on GTA 6. It's not much, but nope. here you go. Many of you have been asking about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we've previously delivered. We're pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the series is underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you. Mm. Um, future? Is it going to be like Cyberpunk? <laughs> no, it could be. like uh, Actually, this next step is us just really remastering the old ones. Like that, you know, sorry for that. Yeah. Or it's like just another DLC. But no, it, it really looks like it's they're talking about the GTA game 6. The game came out, what, eight years ago? Nine years ago? Yeah. It's it, fucking crazy. It's but, been uh, through three console cycles. But now for some rampant speculation. We're just going to take a wild guess here, pull something out of thin air, shoot blindly, and uh, just assume a bunch of stuff regardless of whether or not there have been any leaks or theories or anything else online. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, it's going to take place in Miami or, or London. And it's going to release on November 7th, 2025. But then it's going to get pushed to April 2026 and then officially actually come out uh, in the first week of November in 2026. Holiday 2026. Yeah. The game is also going to rely heavily on NFTs, which will allow you to truly own your vehicles, weapons, clothing, and properties. And the game will also be backed by an official currency called SharkCoin or something. And yeah, we really hope that last part doesn't end up being true. It is up to you, the gamers, to shame them in advance for any <sighs> NFT projects that they are currently developing. I mean, I almost... Look, I don't want, I don't want any of that shit. But it would be funny if, like, your in-game currency, which you can have like stolen from you, yeah, is actually uh, tied to your bank. Real crypto. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, I would not play it, but it would be funny. Yeah, probably get a lot of good news stories out of it. Knowing them, although they have proven themselves to be less than a stellar developer in the past couple of years, but knowing them, like, hopefully they would actually just mock the entire idea of it yeah. within the game. So, Yeah, it seems like something they would make fun of. Yeah. It's really easy for them to do it. It's ripe for the picking. Yeah. So, 
Anyways, that I'll see you in a couple of years. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. I still need to play Red Dead 2. It's been sitting on my hard drive Fantastic. for like six months. I just like, I can't bring myself to start it because I know there goes my life. Yeah, but it's not like incredibly long. Yeah, I'm a completionist when it comes to these single player games. If I see, a, if I, if I see something just far away on the map, giddy up. We're looking at what that is. I mean, it is fun. Rinse and repeat. It is fun. It took me like fucking 80 hours to finish the Witcher 3 saga. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know, knowing myself and my habits, I'm waiting for the right time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, another big business news. Yeah. It was announced on Monday of this week <laughs> that Frontier and Spirit Airlines will merge into one giant piece of shit company that everyone hates because <laughs> it sucks ass. Yeah. Finally, an airline that will be brave enough to introduce standing room only flights. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be. Really oh, you want to use the toilet on the plane? It's a hole in the ground. There's no seat. <laughs> you literally piss out the back of the plane. It drops down like the uh, like one of those older planes and you just piss right out the back. Yeah. Yeah. And then for your entire flight, put on these 3D glasses that just place ads directly into your retinas. <laughs> and no, no masks allowed. That's how we keep the costs low. And pass the savings on to you, you cheap fuck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so this uh, merger of equals will result <laughs> in uh, whatever this new company is called becoming the fifth largest U.S. airline. And while we joke about just how terrible these budget airlines are, they are budget for a reason. Uh, if you, if you got to get somewhere far away as fast as anyone else, but also don't care about bringing luggage or being uncomfortable for an extended period of time or eating or drinking uh, <laughs> and can survive being upcharged by something as simple as printing a boarding pass, then you will definitely arrive at your location for a price that seems completely unsustainable. <laughs> yeah. Now, to be fair, you, you, you'll get to your location if your flight isn't canceled or just delayed to the point where you just give up. Uh, the point is, Frontier and Spirit, they make it so people can get wherever they want to go for as cheap as humanly possible. I don't know if I... I feel like I've ridden on one of those, but it was like Burbank to Vegas. Yes, that's the one flight I've done. It was like 40 bucks. And I was like, you know what? I'm not... I'm bringing a duffel bag because I'm yeah. going for like one night. Yeah. I think it was that. And it was it was fine. Yeah. And well, especially because you're dealing with Burbank airports. So it's yeah. just like you just walk in. Yeah. Um, you literally like... By the time you hit cruising altitude, you're going back down again. Yeah, but I couldn't imagine doing that like for the entire, uh, like across the country or something like no. that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, now uh, two of the cheapest airlines have become one, and two of the lowest rated airlines. Uh, if we haven't made that clear enough. Well, what did you expect, <laughs> you cheap ass? <laughs> what that means for the future of budget travel is anyone's guess. But here's the official news of this match made in hell from CNBC. Frontier Airlines and Spirit Airlines, the two largest discount carriers in the U.S., have agreed to merge in a deal valued at $6.6 billion, creating what would become the fifth largest airline in the country. The merger gives Denver-based Frontier Airlines a 51.5% controlling stake in the combined airline. Quote, the transaction is centered around creating an aggressive, low-fare <laughs> competitor that will better serve guests, expand career opportunities for our team members, and create value for our shareholders. And, uh... A lot of real fun videos to watch on YouTube. Uh, but that's what Ted Christie, CEO of Miramar, Florida-based Spirit, told analysts on a call discussing the deal on Monday. Quote, we believe we are a perfect fit with Frontier. Our businesses share similar values, <laughs> including our longstanding commitment to affordable travel. And we're going to give all of our flight attendants a big can of bear spray. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a taser. 
once these guys are the united, cattle prod. The next step, you know what the next step is? We go international. We bring Ryanair. Ryanair. Into the fold. The real brain trust. Ryanair, yeah. Frontier. Ryanair Spirit. is the company that, uh, until they were explicitly told no by every aviation authority <laughs> in the world, had a plan for standing room only yes, flights. Yes, they did. Yeah. The CEO they really like, went for it. Yeah, because like in Europe, it's like every flight is Burbank to Vegas. In yeah. Europe, you can go, it's like you're going to a different country, but it's a 30 minute flight. Yeah, Ryanair, it's like you're, if you're going from like London to Paris, like, yeah, you can you can stand to be extremely uncomfortable for like <laughs> for an hour. To go for $15, 15 yeah. euros. Yeah. It's, yeah. They give you a little handle like you're on the subway. It's fine. Yeah. America, a bit more spread out than that. <laughs> the flights are a bit longer. Yeah. But yeah, that would be the ultimate, uh, <laughs> the ultimate brain trust. I know, you know, they also need uh, Allegiant. Allegiant? Allegiant. I don't know. A, a, a brand so small, you aren't even aware I've of it. Never even heard of it. I believe it's more East Coast based and Midwest no. based, but uh, lots of uh, reports of like smoke in the cabin, that kind of stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Fun stuff. Hell yeah. We're bringing that back. Yeah. Now, what's odd about this, though, is that according to the article, quote, the companies didn't announce the new name of the combined carrier, the CEO, or location of the airline's headquarters. But with Frontier controlling a majority stake and the fact that for whatever reason, the name Spirit has... More of a negative connotation when thinking of terrible flying experiences, we would assume yeah. most things would lean towards Frontier and, uh, you know, the Spirit execs will just cash their checks and walk. They should call it the Frontier Spirit. We've got that Frontier Spirit. The Oregon <laughs> Trail was not comfortable or fun. People died, but, but they got where they were trying to go. those families, they relocated. Yep. Yes, they did. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, because spirit's the butt of every joke. Like, you don't hear as many frontier jokes. Yeah. They kind of fly under the radar when it comes to just terrible travel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, spirit has uh, the worst public outlook of the two. So. Yeah. It's because their planes are so bright and the name is so short. It's really easy to make fun of. Yeah. Like, you see it. Your frontier, you could, you could mistake it on the runway when you're going past it, when you're taxiing past it. Spirit, it's big and yellow, and you're like, that plane is, is just jam-packed with people very uncomfortable that are paying $20 to fly across the entire country. It's also just weird that they chose a word that's synonymous with, like, dead person. No, you've got the spirit. The good, <laughs> the good spirit. It, yeah, it can be positive like that. Or there's ghost airlines. <laughs> you will die. Yeah. Anyway, in an ironic twist to this big news, though, just after the announcement of a merger was made, the company was hit with a tech-related outage, which resulted in 22% of its flights being canceled and at least 100 more flights getting delayed. Surely... A sign of great things to come. <laughs> we, they are on their way to Burbank the, Airport right the now. police are here. <laughs> uh, anyways, <clears throat> speaking of discounts, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsor, Honey. The easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or your computer. And we all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down or it pops up on your phone, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons that it can find for that site, and if it finds a working coupon, you get to watch your prices drop. Yeah, I, I say this every time, but I saved a bucket load of cash on my latest gaming PC. Just uh, incredible savings. I was like, basically offset all of uh, all of Joe Biden's supply chain issues, all the the uh, the CPU uh, shortages, the graphics card shortages. Nope, honey, took me back to a simpler time, mm -hmm. 2019. There you go. 
But uh, Honey doesn't work just on desktop. It works also on your iPhone. So just activate it on Safari on your phone. Save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. We would never recommend something that we don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash ITDaily. That is joinhoney.com slash ITDaily. All right, now let's back, get back into the news. Uh, it is time for the most important awards show of the year, the Razzies, Ugh. a.k.a. the Golden Raspberry Awards, which, uh, as we're sure you're already aware, it's, it's essentially the opposite of the Oscars. It's the Tugs version of the Game Awards as they celebrate and mock the absolute worst that the entertainment industry has to offer each and every year. So uh, let's check out some nominees that made the list for this year's Razzies, and we're, we're just going to mention the main category, Worst Picture, because every other category is essentially just a breakdown of all these titles anyway. Yeah. It's just Best Actress is this actress from one of the movies that's nominated for Worst Movie. Uh, so the nominees for Worst Movie of 2021 are Diana the Musical, what? Uh, Infinite, Karen, Space Jam A New Legacy, and The Woman in the Window. And I only recognize, I think, two of those movies on that entire list. I only recognize Space Jam. Yeah. So, obviously, we think that Space Jam is going to run away with the most awards throughout all the categories. But uh, there was at least one new and unique category added to the list this year. Apparently, Bruce Willis was in a lot of movies recently. And all of them were terrible. So, the Razzies gave Bruce Willis his own category this year. Uh, it's the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. With the nominees being... Bruce Willis in American Siege, Apex, Cosmic Sin, Deadlock, Fortress, Midnight in the Switchgrass, Out of Death, and Survive the Game. Jesus Christ. I know. Wow. It's like Bruce Willis is living through the exact opposite career moment as Nicolas Cage. Well, I mean, to be fair, both of them uh, 10 years ago or so were on similar tracks of just, I'm going to say yes to every offer I get for the next year or so. Sure. But uh, yeah. Bruce Willis, not giving a fuck. This man has Oscars, or at least has been nominated a lot. Uh, he's had some great performances, but he doesn't give a shit anymore. He has eight movies, at, at least eight movies, coming out in 2022. So, so this, this award is going to last. It's going to be here next year as well, because however many movies that was for 2021, he's got at least as many coming out, if not more, in 2022. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously not trying to knock the hustle. No. Uh, but this was one of the biggest action stars of all time. He needs to, he needs to pivot. He needs to, he needs to face facts. He needs to pivot to chaotic, irreverent, artsy roles ASAP. Nicolas Cage has given you the path of just reigniting your success and your admiration from the public. All you have to do is follow his lead, Bruce, and I think you got this. I could definitely see him in some like extremely artsy, dramatic role. He's in. Uh, he was in what is it, Moonrise Kingdom? And he's yeah. good in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Because I remember, I think we noticed this a few years back when MoviePass bought that movie studio mm -hmm. that made Gotti. But we looked at all the other movies that that movie studio made, and like half of them were Bruce Willis movies that yeah. had come out within like the last two years. So he's been on this like 20 movie a year kick for a while now. I don't really understand why. He... You would assume he doesn't need the work, but I don't know. I, he doesn't need the work, but it's like maybe he just, maybe he just really likes working. Maybe he doesn't know what to do with himself when he's not on set. I don't get it. You'd think you'd like to hold out for one or two decent movies yeah. a year instead of like nine stinkers. I feel like there's still room in Hollywood for this guy, unless he, he might have really pissed someone off. I don't know. 
Could be true. We don't know yet. Yeah. Anyways, but while we're on the topic of movies, it looks like we have actually found a way to stop Chinese censorship in the entertainment industry. All you have to do is tell them that their version is actually much better than the original film. And it's actually closer to the reality of the book, which is also probably banned in that country. I think everyone just kind of collectively did a big reverse psychology operation on China recently. And it worked because China has reverted back to the original ending of David Fincher's Fight Club after initially fixing it so that the bombs never exploded and that Tyler Durden got psychiatric help. Uh, the author of the book that the film was based on, Chuck Palahniuk, of course released a statement after the news of the alternate ending made the rounds, and he seemed to jokingly support the change, while also indicating that the China cut was actually closer to the end of the book. Uh, China has now gone back to the original ending, and though uh, news articles that we've read say that it was due to a censorship backlash, we all know the truth. Come on. They were embarrassed. Yeah. Anyways, here's The Hollywood Reporter with their version of things. After widespread online backlash to clumsy censorship of the film's ending, Chinese streaming service Tencent Video backtracked in recent days and restored most of the cuts it had made. Crucially, Fight Club's complete ending is now viewable in full in China. A key tenet of China's usual film censorship system is that criminals must always be punished for their crimes on screen and societal harmony restored, especially in local Chinese movies. So before the 20th Century Fox film began airing in the country, Tencent dramatically altered Fight Club's ending. The climactic scene was excised and replaced with a blank screen showing the message. The police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment. But it would appear that the backlash has been deemed more troublesome than the fictional film's ending, as Tencent has now restored 11 of the 12 minutes originally cut from the 137-minute movie. The minute still missing is mostly comprised of brief nude sex scenes between Pitts and Bonham Carter's characters. So there you go. All right, we yeah, did it. We did so, it. Yeah, no, no word on whether or not the brief clip of an on-screen penis. Oh, yeah. The single frame of a penis, was, uh, is that still in there? Or if anyone's even noticed it outside of their subconscious? Because, yeah, a lot of Easter eggs in there. You go frame by frame. David Fincher put in a lot of little, uh, a lot Speaking little Easter of eggs. on-screen penises, I saw Jackass this weekend, and it was great. And I, 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 the, the funniest thing that happened in it didn't even happen on screen. Well, it was because of on screen. But I saw it in an audience that was pretty full. Pretty full. And uh, there's a scene where Machine Gun Kelly comes on screen. Oh, my God. And multiple people in the theater booed the screen. <laughs> Boo! Wow. Yeah, so uh, not exactly beloved by the movie-going community, that Machine Gun Kelly. But the, the movie was great. Uh, essentially, though, um, pretty much 70% of it is cock and ball torture. So finally a movie for fetishists out there. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah overall, you know, pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Anyway, we do uh, need to, I guess, talk about <laughs> Joe Rogan again, because he is now the biggest topic across all online discourse over many other things that are probably more worthy of everyone's attention. And this has been, what, two weeks now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been great for people in our business, I guess. <laughs> Anyway, in the wake of the whole censorship or anti-vax debate and whether or not Spotify should actually be endorsing a dude that they paid $100 million to, uh, other celebrities and comedians started coming out of the woodwork to defend Rogan, only to then walk their endorsements <laughs> back a little bit when more and more missteps from Rogan's past were, uh, again, unearthed, like uh, his utterances of the N-word. 
lots and lots and lots of utterances of the N-word. Uh, a terrible joke about uh, Planet of the Apes where yeah. uh, he, com- you know. It's, that one is very indefensible. That one is racist. Yes. And also his laughter and therefore apparent endorsement of sexual co- coercion by another comedian uh, telling a story. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson initially supported Rogan, indicating that he would like to make an appearance on Joe's podcast, most likely to sell his booze brand or something, but then rescinded his statement after the racism allegations resurfaced, because yikes. Yeah. Uh, This, of course, led to retaliation online, which unearthed some questionable statements that The Rock had made throughout his career. Uh, Andrew Yang also came out in defense of Rogan and then changed his mind as well, deleting his initial support tweet. I think he deleted his tweet because it was literally like, how can you be racist if you have black friends? He has black friends. Yeah. That's, uh, that just doesn't play. Sorry, sir. Yeah. Uh, How could Joe Rogan be racist? He has black friends. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Uh, it's... Look, as you can tell by our reaction to all this, it, it, it's just fucking stupid and exhausting. And we can't imagine the end result being anything other than what it already was. People who are fans of Joe Rogan are going to listen to his show. People who hate Joe Rogan aren't going to. The only problem is that his show has now been exposed to basically every person on Earth, and it's probably going to get more listeners as a result of all of this outrage. So, as usual, the complete opposite effect of what people initially wanted. Rogan apologized for his racist comments in the past. Everyone with a brain, including the execs at Spotify, were like, yeah, that's pretty bad. We definitely condemn that kind of language. But the company is obviously still sticking with the guy that they paid $100 million to. They're like someone who paid way too much for an NFT and now has to claim that it's actually a cool piece of art (laughs) that is backed by an amazing community, a wonderful roadmap, and is sure to appreciate in value. Because if they don't, their investment is worthless. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, the latest news on this from the Spotify front is that their CEO addressed the employees and obviously their customers that the brand is not going to silence Rogan. Uh, Here's CNN. Daniel Eck, the chief executive of Spotify, addressed Joe Rogan's past use of racial slurs on Sunday night, telling staff in a memo that while he found the comments incredibly hurtful and inconsistent with company values, he did not believe silencing the podcaster was the answer but then indicated that as a sort of weird olive branch, the company would be investing an additional $100 million, but putting it towards artists who are responsible for Spotify's success, the musicians, specifically ones from marginalized groups. In his note to staff Sunday night, which Spotify provided to CNN Business, X said that he would be committing an incremental investment of $100 million for the licensing, development, and marketing of music, artists, and songwriters, and audio content from historically marginalized groups. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. But then again, even if Spotify were to finally fold to the pressure that people are putting on them and cancel Joe Rogan's show, it would result in uh, most likely two very dumb, very, very likely outcomes. Joe Rogan would get his millions, but now technically wouldn't have to do anything ever again. Yeah. And the if old he, uh, Megyn Kelly. <laughs> and if he did want to keep going, he'd just go make his show somewhere else, keeping roughly the same fan base that he had before. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in the wake of all this Spotify drama, a conservative content platform with ties to Donald Trump called Rumble has now offered Rogan another $100 million to come join their network instead. Here's Reuters. Rumble Inc., a YouTube-style website popular among U.S. conservatives, has offered Joe Rogan $100 million over four years for all his shows, days after the podcaster apologized for using racial slurs in his content. Dear Joe, we stand with you, your guests, and your legion of fans in desire for real conversation, Rumble CEO. Chris Pavlovsky said in an email to Rogan posted on Rumble's Twitter page on Monday, 
How about you bring all your shows to Rumble, both old and new, with no censorship for a hundred million bucks over four years? So great. Yeah. As predicted, all of this discourse and this never-ending news cycle has done uh, basically nothing except make Joe Rogan more popular, more in demand, more infamous, and potentially more wealthy. We did it, everyone. Also, that Rumble company is, uh, they signed a deal with Trump's Truth Truth Social, Social. which, by the way, is launching in like two weeks. Uh, Their integration with Truth Social is that they are like the content delivery back end for uh, Truth Social. So uh, there you go. They got the money to spend. I just want Joe Rogan to like not say as much uh, dumb shit. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't want... He can he can stay wherever the hell he, he wants to stay. Just stop lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's all I that, that's all I want. Yeah. Just stop spreading lies. Yes. You seem like a nice guy. It seems like Come a, on, like Joe. a decent enough I know person, you're I not, guess. You're not doing it on purpose. Yeah. You're just a, a a useful idiot. Yeah. Who brings on people that are in a lot of times in cases smarter than him that can uh maliciously steer the conversation. Yeah. Um and convince them of things that probably aren't for the betterment of everyone. Yeah. Um, I think the dumb mistake I've seen on all this is like people coming out and just being like, whenever Spotify is like, still doesn't change their stance, being like, we did it. We did it. Spotify is pirate radio and we're saying whatever we want. And it's just like, they paid him a hundred million dollars to be there. It isn't a censorship thing. They're actively not only yeah. endorsing, they're protecting but their investments. Yeah. Anyways, let's end this on a fun note. Let's check in on our uh, our new favorite member of the Internet Today Rogues Gallery, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who has a couple thoughts regarding how addictive cheese can be. <laughs> this guy is the gift that keeps on giving. He's the Boris Johnson of New York City. Yeah. Which means Eric Adams will be our next president. I, <laughs> I think you might be right. Here's Insider. New York City Mayor Eric Adams equated heroin addiction to being hooked on cheese. That's what the kids are calling. (laughs) In a Monday press conference, Adams, a self-proclaimed vegan who claims to have cured his own diabetes and even reversed blindness that he was experiencing in one eye by switching to a plant-based diet, was rolling out new initiatives to encourage New Yorkers to have as many plant-based meals as possible. So while preparing a bowl of vegan chili in front of City Hall's press corps, Adams veered into a tangent about the addictiveness of certain foods, particularly cheese. Quote, Food is like a drug, Adams said. And in fact, the studies show the same level of brain that encourages you to use drugs also addicts you to food. Food is addictive, the mayor continued. You take someone on heroin, put them in one room, and someone hooked on cheese, put them in another room, and you take it away. I challenge you to tell me the person who's hooked on heroin and who's hooked on cheese. I love it. You did all this well. I I don't know if it was his kitchen or like a fake kitchen or a real kitchen. Yeah. he did this press conference in a kitchen with an apron on. Like, looked like he was going to sell me some cookware yeah. in an infomercial. Love it. Um, also, like, yeah, he's big on being vegetarian, but, like, there's been multiple examples where people have kind of, like, caught him not being vegetarian. Vegan. Or vegan or whatever. Like, uh, and uh, anytime it's brought up, he's like, well, let's not worry about, you know, what I'm eating and what I'm not eating. I'm, <laughs> the message is clear. Let's worry about the health of your, your hardworking, everyday New Yorkers. Yeah. We need to get the cheese off these streets. Like, if this is the first barely over a month of this guy being mayor, we are in for just a wonderful time. Yeah, he's, and and he's, it's, this is New York. He's going to get reelected, like, 
as many times as he wants. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like it's like, like like this is funny dumb shit. If he doesn't do anything malicious, he should be fine. Yeah, he hasn't uh, he hasn't sent the NYPD out to start stopping and frisking anyone to look for wheels of brie. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that is. Yeah, we're gonna clean up all the cheese shops in Times Square. Yeah, too yeah. many cheese shops. It's attracting mm-hmm. the wrong kind of people. <laughs> Europeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why does that M&M store have to be three stories tall? Mm-hmm. When, what message is that saying? Next time any New Yorker goes down to the Times Square Olive Garden and they bring out that uh, rotating <laughs> Parmesan grater, you I tell them no, no thanks. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back with plenty of tech news. There's plenty of tech news coming up uh, that started uh, hitting the news feeds uh, today. But uh, we'll be back with Tech News Day soon. In the meantime, we do have a new episode of Weekly Weird News where they they came after butterflies, goddammit. The QAnon people, they came after butterflies. Uh, yeah, they did. And also a new episode of News Dump. Check both of those out. Subscribe to the channel if you're not. And uh, leave a comment for engagement. See you next time. Bye. Bye.